With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. I want to uh, read something to you tonight that I thought would be appropriate on the Lord's Day. And uh, before we have communion together, let me read this to you. Now, this is, this is about somebody's life. And I want, to, I want to ask you if you can guess whose life it, it's all about. This is a poem that was written about somebody. The author is unknown. But here it goes. Ready? This man was born in an obscure village. He was the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He moved around from town to town. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and he went through the mockery of a trial. And then he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And while he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property that he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 20 centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. I'm well within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments and governments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Of course, we're talking about the Lord Jesus. One life didn't have most of the things that we look to as marks of greatness. And everyone turned against him. The odds were stacked against, uh, for the opposition. But the, but the size of the opposition didn't matter because God was on his side. And he didn't see his life as something to be grasped and hung on to at all costs. He knew that the best thing he could do was to release the claim to his life and put his life into the hands of God. And then God exalted him and gave him a name above every other name. And now the world marks time by the date of his birth. A third of the population of planet earth claims to be his follower because he was willing to lay down his life in love for other people. And that's what I want to talk with you about tonight. Jesus said, he said, he who tries to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will find it. You see, I was thinking about the fact that you and I think 
that if we eat right, we exercise, and we are staying safe, like we hear all the time, that somehow we're going to preserve our life, forgetting about the fact that the only reason you and I are alive right now is, is because God has been so gracious as to let you and I take another breath and another breath and keep my heart beating at night while I'm asleep and giving you another breath and another breath and breathe his air and eat his food. God is so kind and so gracious. Our life is in his hands already. And, and he knows the number of our days before we're even born. And so the wisest, smartest, most realistic thing we could ever do is to release our life into the hands of God. And it's then when we learn how to truly live. I was talking with uh, Marshall Foster, the author of The American Covenant, and he wrote some notes to me today. I want to share with you what he texted to me. He said, Kirk, we so need liberty men and liberty women today. He said, anyone in a fit of adrenaline can lift a car off of a trapped child or be heroic one time. But the transformative heroes, the ones who really make a difference over the long haul, the ones who really change the world are those who courageously die to themselves daily. Now, that's a concept that's foreign to you and me. We're, we're used to preserving our life, to maximizing our life. We want, we want the most out of life. We want to be all that God created us to be. But sometimes that can become a trap. And if you look into, you go to the grocery store, we've got, we've, got, we've got magazine racks that are all focused on us and our life and our importance and empowering ourselves. We got magazines called People. People. And then it can get even a little more specific. Us magazine. And then you even got self. I mean, it just gets more and more narcissistic. When life's not about you and me, it's about God. And we have the privilege of being alive so that we can give our lives back to him in service. And this idea of, of dying to ourselves daily can be seen in the life of a, of a faithful mother giving up her life to raise and care for her children. That's beautiful. That's sacrificial. That's not hanging on to your life for, for you. It's giving it away for others. Or like a man who, who passes up the opportunity for money and attention and rising popularity in exchange for the privilege of loving his wife and laying down his life for her and training his children to love God and stand for what is right, no matter the size of the opposition. That's a hero. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think Traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? 
I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's health care. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Or like William Wilberforce, the, the star in the movie Amazing Grace, if you saw that, who stood alone mocked by the Parliament of England for 35 years as he was trying to abolish slavery until the week that he died when the government who finally experienced a spiritual revival and faith in God eliminated the slave trade in England in 1835. There's a man who gave his life away to others and was mocked the whole time until the week that he died. And he finally saw the fruit of his labor, labor, or, labor, or David Livingston, who plunged into the jungles of the Congo in Africa for over 20 years where no missionary had ever gone. And today, as a result, almost half of Africa is Christian. Or like Patrick of Ireland, we talked about him on St. Patrick's Day, who converted all of Ireland with 12 friends and a book and went toe-to-toe with the king and shared the, the message of Jesus with him. And so many more. The Lord honors those with a developed and tested courage, not just a adrenaline rush of courage, not just a... Uh, 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 an explosion of energy in a time of crisis, but a developed, trained, and tested courage. And Dr. Foster said he often honors those men and women of courage with the transformation of whole nations. Isn't that what we're asking for in our nation? God did it for Patrick of Ireland. He did it for David Livington. Livingston. He did it for Eric Liddell. He did it for John Knox. He did it for our brothers and sisters in the past. Why won't he do it now? In this generation of ours, which is becoming more and more characterized by retreat and compromise, with people of faith being driven into a corner by fear and shame, by a cancel culture and an increasingly tyrannical mindset of those with power. Our prayer is that God would prepare you and me and every listener and every viewer here of the American Campfire Revival to be a hero right where you are. Right where God has placed you. He's stationed you as a soldier in the army of compassion. And you and I need to be like, like Rudy, that little dachshund I showed you last night in Georgia. The size of the opposition doesn't matter. 
to Rudy. He's, he's just full of fearlessness and faith. And you and I have got more than Rudy. We have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living within us. <clears throat> and over the long haul, God will use you and me and the family of faith to win the victory. That's how the story ends. And we are in a very strategic chapter of that story right now. So if you know the Lord, the one solitary life that changed the world and who is ruling and reigning in heaven, I want to remind you that that on the night that he was betrayed, he had a special dinner with his disciples and he took the bread and he took the wine and he used them as symbols of the new covenant, the eternal covenant. And he said, this bread is my body, which will be broken for you. He said that this wine is my blood, the blood of the new and the everlasting covenant. And he said, eat this and drink this in remembrance of me. And it wasn't too long after that, that his body was broken on the Roman cross. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was given a crown of thorns. He was mocked. He was almost beyond recognition and his body was broken and his blood was spilled so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and be granted the gift of eternal life. If we come to him in repentance and faith, repentance is simply a change of our thinking with regard to who is who's in charge and how we ought to relate to him. It's a 180 degree turn away from what we know is wrong to obedience to the one who made us. It's a trusting, humble, obedient faith. And so let's take the bread and break it together and let's eat the bread and remember Jesus's broken body. Let's take the wine together and remember his blood with which he purchased forgiveness and eternal life for all those who have received him by faith and become children of God. Something I can't help but think about is in the scriptures where it says that eating of tasty bread and delicious wine is not an excuse for us to have a little snack together. In fact, we're told to examine our hearts because we're partaking of, of a sacred tradition, a remembrance of the son of God. And we never want to do that disrespectfully without understanding exactly what it means. So teach that to your kids. I'm sure you already are. But uh, this covenant that is marked by the body and the blood of Jesus is the very foundation of our family covenants, of our covenants and promises to love one another. And it's the very foundation of the covenant that our forefathers made with God and with one another. 
And that's something that I want to renew with you. I'm creating something that I think is going to be a special heirloom treasure for you to have in your home and pass down to your kids. God bless you guys. Good night. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.